The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Thanks for joining us on this uh, Thursday afternoon. As you've heard throughout the afternoon on 6.30 Ched, Bill Cosby has been found guilty of drugging and molesting a woman. It's uh, in what they're calling the first big celebrity trial of the Me Too era. So a jury outside of Philadelphia convicted the Cosby show star of three counts of aggravated indecent assault. Uh, And this was a retrial. So the the guilty verdict came uh, less than a year after another jury deadlocked on the charges. An American woman's rights attorney, attorney Gloria Allred, calls this an historic day. We are so happy that finally we can say women are believed and not only on hashtag Me Too, but in a court of law where they were under oath, where they testified truthfully, where they were attacked, where they were smeared, where they were denigrated, where they, there were attempts to discredit them. And after all is said and done, women were finally believed. And we thank the jury so much for that. And they were believed after the prosecution met their high standard of having to prove guilt beyond a reasonable doubt. And the jury in this second criminal trial found that they believed women. And I'm the happiest I have been about any court decision in 42 years. So again, Cosby had been charged with drugging and assaulting Toronto native and Temple University employee uh, uh, Andrea Constant at a suburban Philadelphia home in 2004. Cosby's defense attorney, Tom Mesereau, had this to say about the verdict. We are very disappointed by the verdict. We don't think Mr. Cosby's guilty of anything, and the fight is not over. Thank you. Hmm. So the 80-year-old could face up to 10 years in prison on each of the three counts of aggravated indecent assault, uh, but Cosby is expected, as you just heard, it's not over yet. Cosby is expected at this point to be sentenced in the next two to three months. So, yeah, and there's been uh, dozens, there's been over 60 um, women who have come forward over the years, in recent years, to say he drugged and assaulted them. Five other accusers testified him against against him at the retrial. We'll see what happens uh, moving forward on that. To Toronto, the mm-hmm. investigation continues into the van attack there that killed 10 people, injured 15 others. Slowly, we're starting to uh, see the faces, learn the names and the stories of some of the victims. And as, as police try to piece together a motive we're still learning more and more about Alex Manassian yeah a former high school classmate of the suspect in the Toronto van attack is painting a disturbing picture of him and Dominic Reynolds says Alec Manassian was in the special education program Noticeably, you could see him around school walking around. Um, you could notice that he did have some sort of uh, special, um, he was special, uh, I would say, either Asperger's or autism. He would meow like a cat. Um, he wouldn't be, he was socially awkward, so he wouldn't be 
um, with people. He would, was by himself. He'd walk with a skip. He would literally hold himself to the point where like it looks like he's squeezing himself. One, he's also with a helper. He was with a helper, one of the CYWs at our school for for many years when I was there. For I, he's so about three years. So what's a CYW? Uh, Challenge youth worker. Oh, okay. Yeah. So yeah. So this, the CYWs, they they the helper was always with him. Um, he wasn't like he would roam around the halls, yes, by himself, but there was a helper always with him. I remember that like very clearly. I don't think he he ever got made fun of, in my opinion. Maybe he did, but me being around that area, being in that room. He never got made fun of and he was very, he used to be on the computer a lot. So when it came to playing games, um, being on the computer, he was always, you could, you could know when you go in there to study, you would be on the computer just minding his own business. It's someone that you technically grew up with, even though you weren't his friend, but you knew him from school, right? And it was, it was, it was scary because this is one of our alumni. He graduated as well, right? I didn't know him when I saw his picture at first. But one of his friend, uh, one of our friends, um, showed us a picture of him in the yearbook, and um, it was it was crazy. I was like, wow, you know, I didn't know like something just switched off. Really and truly, I, I've been seeing on like social media and stuff where you know people are calling it like a terrorist attack, and I do believe it was an act of terror, but I don't believe it was a terrorist attack. I think he did have some sort of men mental illness that went unnoticed, and you know, really and truly. We should, as a country and as a government and people here, we should really take um, more caution when, when dealing with people with mental illness. Well, as we know, Manassian um, charged with 10 counts of first-degree murder and more than a dozen counts of attempted murder. Toronto Sun reporting today um, some comments of people inside the jail where Manassian is, people who have talked with him. And um, he allegedly had told several people that he had research being taken out by police after committing a serious crime. Um, one person inside the jail has told the Sun that he looked up on the internet death by cop. He allegedly told people he knew what he did and he was uh, ready to die. And even in jail, they're call describing him as odd and uh, socially awkward and had talked about... Um, you know, they had done, as he was booked into the into the jail, he was uh, assessed by doctors, asked a number of questions about his life, his background, and whether he was on any prescription medication. Some questions he answered, some he didn't. Apparently, uh, one witness to this said he refused to answer questions on his social life. And uh, a person in the jail asked him if he had a girlfriend, and he said no very quickly. Then asked if he'd been on a date. Uh, another no. And the last time he'd asked a woman out on a date uh, was 2012, and she said no. Now, this was all witnesses inside mm -hmm. the jail that the Toronto Sun has some connection with, so take it for what it is. Yeah. Wow. You know, uh, <sighs> speaking of crime and... Another interesting story as this well. This is something else. Yeah, out of the United States. So... There's crimes that date back to what the 70s and 80s, yeah, yeah, 70s and 80s. A serial rapist, a serial killer, and and listen, he committed so many crimes across the state of California that he was actually notoriously known by several different names. It wasn't until 
just this week that I guess we knew they were all the same person. He's been dubbed the East Area Rapist uh, after his start in Northern California. He was thought of to be the original Night Stalker. Mm-hmm. Um, the Diamond Knot Killer, mm-hmm. he's been referred to because of an elaborate uh, binding method he used on two of his victims. But DNA has now determined, and they have arrested, Joseph James D'Angelo, 72 years old, who they say is guilty of all these unsolved crimes. Yeah, also really well known as the Golden State Killer. Yeah, yeah. So they kept saying over and over again it would be DNA. I mean, you think how far DNA and DNA testing has come over the years, and they said they kept looking for that needle in the haystack that he'd been living in a neighborhood for uh, a neighborhood in what in Sacramento for uh, Sacramento for quite a while. But yeah, this guy he was uh, a nasty one, armed with a gun. He would he terrorized communities. He would break into homes uh, while single women or couples were sleeping. Sometimes would tie up the man and pile dishes on his back, then rape the women while threatening to kill them both if the dishes tumbled. Mm. This guy has a, a rap sheet that's in, incredibly long. So, And I suppose the most, I don't want to say the most disturbing thing, because everything you just said is very, it's very disturbing. very disturbing, yeah. Um, but the fact that he's a former police officer, he was yeah. with the Auburn uh, Police Department in 1979, but he, or, or prior to 1979, but he was actually fired. He's not a retired police officer, as I've seen some stories say. He was fired for, and this kind of sent a chill down my spine when I heard what he got fired for, uh, for shoplifting or attempting to shoplift a can of dog repellent and a hammer from a drugstore. My guess would be that as a police officer, he didn't want to have any record of buying those items. Uh, it, It sounds like tools of the trade to me, honestly. Um, he's an old man now, 72 years old. But And again, you know, oftentimes when there's a, a serial crime and, and you want all crimes to be, um, to be solved, you want to know that the uh, guilty party has been uh-huh. put in jail, but they don't, oftentimes, don't charge him with all the crimes. Um, they'll charge them with the ones that they figure they can convict him on, which in this case is quite a few, four, I think, uh, that they want to, uh, that they've charged him with. And then once they successfully obtain that conviction, they'll usually ask him to just admit to the others. To start talking. Right, so that they can, in in return for whatever, just start talking, let us solve a lot of these crimes. 12 homicides, 45 rapes. Ugh, man. Yeah, so we'll learn more about that and how that all came together uh, as well in the coming days, but <sighs> those cold cases... You know, you 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 think about the families, mm-hmm. and you think about the victims, and um, you know, just wanting some closure. And I know in this case, and these crimes do date back, as we said, to the seventies and eighties. Uh, police did inform mm-hmm. uh, victims that mm-hmm. uh, they had arrested a suspect. It was at the top of their mind to not only find the suspect, but to assure the victims yeah. that they had finally. Uh, they had finally obtained uh, enough evidence to arrest somebody. And and it this is all in the last six weeks, basically, that they just, the cold case file got opened up Something again. Something flipped. Yeah, a reward was put out. They go through all the evidence again, and with new technology, um, the DNA matches Was up. it through his garbage? Yeah. Through his garbage, and they found something. Yep, and and you know we watch. I I, I don't necessarily recommend that you binge on this, but Carol and I often watch uh, forensic files. It's pretty much on mm-hmm. all night long, and it's typically all about DNA and about other uh, you know tools that police use, and oftentimes 
the crime is not solved for many years. As technology improves, mm-hmm. they go back, they go through it. And really, the impression I've sort of gained from watching the show is that that there's probably a whole lot of boxes in a back room of oh, every police station there are. that are very solvable, uh, but it's a matter of manpower and getting to them all. Um, but they're knocking them off one at a time, and good on them for it. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I'm just thinking, you know, like documentary shows like 60 Minutes and all of that sort of stuff. I love when they go through it and put the pieces all together. Mm-hmm. You know, they go through and, and show everything and sometimes it's a little freaky but again but when you see how it's all come together to me that is uh, yeah it's it, honestly it, it, because it's a world that we're, we're not a part exactly. of exactly and it, it for me those shows they show the crime or they reenact the crime yeah. or they describe the crime i'm honestly not interested in that part of it um i'm more interested in the investigation and how they came to decide that uh, you know, mm-hmm. that this was the piece of evidence mm-hmm. that they were going to focus on or how they obtained a DNA sample when a judge wouldn't allow them the opportunity to just request mm-hmm. one or or how a single hair from a dog in the back seat of a car, you know, does it, right? does it, ties it together for them. It's 248. We're talking about the Golden State Killer and about how uh, police in Sacramento finally had a break and uh, managed to put him behind bars after being wanted for for dozens and mm-hmm. dozens of crimes. Gary's on the phone this afternoon. Hey, Gary. Hi, I've been uh, following this story, and uh, before he became, uh, before he broke into houses to attack women, apparently they figured he was actually just breaking into houses and walking around them, feeling like odd artifacts, etc. Hmm. Um, but then they, they figured after four years of doing this and breaking into many homes, and he became proficient at breaking into homes before he started attacking people. And he usually broke into their homes first before he attacked the women because he'd, he would get the lay of the land. He'd walk through the yeah. houses. He'd know where everything was. Uh, one lady was vacuuming, and she lifted up her couch cushion and found ropes. So he had already been there. Placed the ropes, yeah. You're right. I saw a story, a documentary about uh, one of who it turned out to be his personas. And I can't recall if it was the Night Stalker or which one it was. But same guy. Um, And you're right. And um, he would have an escape route planned. And in one particular case, um, if he had to escape out of the back of the house, he obviously felt that the the uh, fence was too high mm-hmm. so he had taken um an old appliance and placed an it by TV. the f- right an old tv so that you have a step up and over the fence wow he thought like a cop mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. so i mean to a certain extent he thought like uh like a cop and, and very rarely left any evidence i mean just remarkable like i can see without the technology why they were unable to solve the case back in the back in the day well they were still running his dna every week pretty much weekly, even up to this day, hmm. uh, but they had no matches, so uh, I think they, I think the story will come out that they got a warrant or something and actually went in and grabbed the DNA from him. Yeah, I had heard I that it was something from something discarded in the garbage. In, the, in his garbage, well, yeah. They had, they had suspected him, so they, but otherwise his DNA was not in any databank huh. across the state. They never, he'd never been caught and then in prison for anything, so. 
Yeah, just it's, it's it fascinating. It's at times horrifyingly fascinating. But just to when you see uh, and you learn more and you see these documentaries done on people like this or or the Jeffrey Dahmers mm-hmm. or the Paul Bernardos, you know, all that sort of stuff. And you just like how because you can't get in right you can't get and, into your head as a, as a normal person their how, head is exactly. a normal person but to your point Gary about how um, they suspect that he originally was just breaking into homes and that's something else that I've seen in a lot of these documentaries that I've watched in television shows is that um, police watch and are worried or concerned when the crime starts escalating because for whatever reason they're bored with what they've been doing. Well, and the they wanna, thrill. They need the next right, thing, they right? They need to get the next thrill and it escalates. And uh, I know it's been in a lot of the shows I've watched um, where there's been a violent crime but not a murder um, that the, the police have said we need to catch this individual before it escalates to that because they continue looking for that next yeah. big thrill, right? The other exciting one was the Zodiac. Just recently, back in November, they yeah. actually broke some of his ciphers, which haven't been broken in 40, 50 years. Hmm. Have, you, all of a sudden, have you been interested in this sort of stuff for a while? Yeah, I also watch Forensic Files. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, you know yeah. what? I, the only thing about forensic files, and it's on, like I say, I, I, investigative discovery. It's on, yeah, every day. And, and Carol and I, frankly, we watch it all the time. And uh, in Vegas, for whatever reason, that's our show as well. <laughs> like at night, that's the the show we watch. Um, there's some great ones there, but there's also, and this is sort of an aside, but there's also some where they're like, well, you know, based on finding a single hair 10 blocks from the crime scene, uh, that and the fact he confessed. We were able to, you're like, what? <laughs> he confessed. Well, my wife will say, how can you watch that show? It's all about murder. And I'm like, no, it, it's actually how they caught the murder. It's all about uh, science. That's right. Yeah. Science and, always, and police work. Every show, the person gets caught and they just show how. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's a good show. I really enjoy it. Thanks, right, Gary. Thanks, Gary. Thanks for calling. Appreciate it. Hey, uh, before we let everybody go, should probably make mention. One of our listeners texted us. Uh. It's, a, it's a great point. Uh, let's let's enjoy that weather out there today uh, and this week. And it looks like spring slash summer is finally upon us. So this is your first reminder of the season. Uh, let's not do a story about a child or pet left in a car during this time. It's wouldn't gonna, it be great to get through the whole summer without wouldn't one? Wouldn't it be wonderful? Like just don't leave them there. Don't leave them there with a window crack. Don't leave them there. Just don't leave them there. Bring them in. Um, take them with you, whatever. But let's not have one of those stories. Because, you know, we do every year, at least one. Let's not have one of those stories. Just don't make that mistake. And you remember the tips we said last year? The police gave us tips. Uh-huh. Put something, as dumb as it sounds, put something you need next to your child. Yeah. You know, whether it's your cell phone, your purse, your your wallet, whatever. Something that you'll need because it does happen, honestly, when people change routines yeah. that they forget they have a child in the car. Um, and, and when you go into the grocery store, you think you're just going in for a yeah, couple of minutes. You're not. You're not. You're not. Okay. Let's take a break here for Eileen Bell. The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad.